Welcome to another episode of Signal Fire Radio. We have a very special show lined up for you where we have two guests by the name of Chase Roth, a 13-year Marine gunnery sergeant and raider turned stellar entrepreneur and small business owner here in our community, and Ryan Casey, a still-serving helicopter pilot and fiduciary partner at Tilia Financial. We are going just to talk about whatever the heck we want to today. So stick with us. You're going to have a lot of fun right here on Signal Fire Radio. So now you know exactly what it feels like to be not my way. You won't remain. You won't remain. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Signal Fire Radio. I am your host, Rob Renz, entrepreneur, small business owner, Marine Corps veteran. This is a show about ambitious leadership for ambitious leaders, where each and every day we set out to conquer the villain of self-doubt by having encouraging conversations designed to feed the mind, strengthen the body, enrich the spirit, and grow the tribe. Matthew, you with me, buddy? I am. Hi. How are you? Can I have your attention for the show? I was just adjusting my volume. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. We have two very ambitious leaders with us today. Do we not? Agreed. Yeah? Are you excited? I'm always excited. You <laughs> he looks excited. He's like a puppy. Matt's like a we, we call Matt the golden retriever because he's just like always like wagging the tail and just always so excited to be hey. there. Yeah. Hey. Hey. We are destroying the format this go around because normally what we do is Matt, Evan, and I banter for about seven to ten minutes before our first break. We're not gonna do that today, Matt, because Evan is again not here. He has elected to be a parent. And we're very pro-parenting because, well, that's one of the tenets of being a signal fire is that you're a good parent. But we have two incredible guests with us today. Matt, you had something to say? Um, I was just going to galvanize what you just said about supporting the parenthood. Okay. Evan would be here, but at the end of the day, he made the better decision. So He did. Being the dad is always a better decision. You know, before, before I introduce our guest, Matt, I have very, very important news to share with our audience. What do we got? We have a sponsor. Is this like real-time feed? What are you talking about? Huh? Is this something I don't know about? I don't think you know about it yet. Yes, go on. Would, would you like for me to continue? Please. Our sponsor is the Man School, something that you are currently participating in. I am. You are? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I was up till almost 10 o'clock last night on our no, bi-weekly Zoom call. Fantastic. Let me tell let me let me do the read real quick because as a radio professional, you have to read what the sponsor sends you. And then we'll talk about it before we get to Ryan and Chase. The Man School equips men to discover their unique purpose and calling. The learn to dream again and set goals worthy of their pursuit. The Man School teaches the mindset and skill sets to unleash the greatness within each man he is called to become. Mention Signal Fire Radio for 10% discount off the Man School course tuition cost. You're going to want to contact our buddy and former guest, Tim Howard, Man School strategist. Text at 910-297-3144. That's 910-297-3144. Or email timhoward426 at gmail.com for more details on the Man School. Uh, Matthew, as a as a currently enrolled student at the Man School, give our listeners a little bit, 15 seconds about what it's all about. 
It's about taking every act, very similar to Signal Fire, except it's a more refined process and um, sequential. They know what they're doing. <laughs> that, to begin with. But um, it really looks at every aspect of your life and every channel of influence that you have, and you go into a deep analysis of what your vision is. And not even what your vision is, like, best case scenario, like, sky's the limit, there's no hurdle, or there's no barriers. If you had the, the best vision for your life, like, if I could reach for the stars and I want my life to be like this for the rest of my life, what would that look like, and how would it progress? Um, and then we just look at the, I mean, same stuff, dude. Body, mind, spirit, tribe, community, relationships, um, spiritual. Um, I'm, I'm super stoked. It's very intense Yeah. Um, from the, the homework side, and I underestimated that. So it was somewhat humbling. But um, it, it, it takes, it's about a six-month process for each class. And uh, we meet every two weeks, and I'm about a month into it. Mm -hmm. And, um, dude, it, it, just the assessment alone that you take at the very beginning, it ask, it, you have to answer questions that I've never been asked before. And immediately when I was answering them, it started painting a picture that I've never seen before. Maybe not the, my vision in the future, but it painted a picture of where I'm actually at in my life right now that I've never really thought about, and it was mind-blowing. I love it. I love it. Thank you to our sponsor, The Man School. Get in touch with Tim Howard, timhoward426 at gmail.com. We, a great segue, Matt, because today we're really going to focus and talk, and talk about community. And we've got two fantastic community leaders with us, um, Chase, we'll start with you. Chase Roth, owner of Sanosteam Cleaning and Disaster Remediation. Did I say that right? Yeah, you got some of the buzzwords in there. Okay, all right. As long as I got as long as I got San O Steam correct. Chase Roth, uh, tell tell the people at home. Give them your story up to this point. Oh my story up to this point. Starting starting when like birth or <laughs> post Marine Corps. I was born in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Yeah. I oh. ate cheese and yeah, cheese beer. curds. And beer. <laughs> yeah, start start the Marine Corps and then take us up to now. Yeah, all right. So uh, I did 13 years in the Marine Corps. Uh, I was in the School of Infantry when 9/11 happened. Uh, I didn't know if I was going to make a career out of it or do four years when I first went in, and you know, it ended up ended up staying in for for 12. And one uh, one day I. Woke up, I had a little girl who was seven months old, and I was getting ready to go out the door for Afghanistan for another rotation. And uh, when I came home, she was this little walking, talking person that uh, didn't know who I was. And me and my wife said, you know, it's, it's not how we're going to raise a family, so it's time to find something different to do. And that was, uh, that was probably the scariest time in my life was leaving active duty after 13 years and going out into the big, wide, scary world of civilian life uh, with basically no plan, no prior planning, no, no time. You know, we made the decision with 30 days before my EAS. Um, yeah, so that was, that was pretty scary. Um, but it's all worked out for the better. It's been great. Uh, I've been crazy busy for the last seven years that I've been out. Um, I think I've started like six businesses. Only two of them are viable, so keep that in mind that, you know, the number sounds good, but you got a high failure rate in there. Uh, been busy going to school. Uh, and then, you know, we've, the three of four of us in this room, we've been, we've been pretty busy over the last yeah. uh, few months as well. Yeah, 100%. We're going to get to that. But you're batting 300 on the businesses, dude, so that's not terrible. 
Yeah, I, I guess it's not terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's going to go up. I've got some some other things going on that you're aware of that yep. I think are going to, you know, improve that average. Yeah, and I think our I think our other guest Ryan Casey would tell you that if you're if you're winning thirty percent of the time, especially in the world that he lives in, in high finance, that you're doing pretty good. Ryan, am I right in saying that that thirty percent of the time it works every time? Uh, my clients might have a different Im- impression of that. They but, want it. They want one hundred percent. Yeah, right? but it's a. We like to say it's an, an art, not a science. Um, but I'm not in my head over here uh, with Chase's story because our exit from the Marine Corps was uh, almost identical reasons. I remember looking at my wife when my daughter turned one, and I had been around for two months, and this was not even. We weren't even at war at this point. Um, but hey, training exercise here. Debt there, Okinawa, and uh, after a while, you start looking at each other, going like, "What? What's the meaning in my life? What's my why? Uh, is this going to be my legacy? Uh, I've done everything I wanted to do, um, but I'm, you know, I, I feel for you, Chase, because, and I think that's a lot of people would feel the exact same way. Um, you know, whether they do four years or or forty, um, you take a lot of sacrifice, you do a lot of soul searching, and each opportunity you have to say, hey, "Do I exit? Do I stay?" and um, you know, but I think it's pretty cool that Fates brought us all here together and, and linked us through our efforts in the community. Ryan, you have one kid or two? Two. Two. Both mm-hmm. boys or, or uh, both girls or girl boys? Girl and a boy. Okay. All right. Ryan is the only one with a son amongst this group. But you also have a daughter, too. So that makes you a <coughs> girl dad in some respect. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, can we just appreciate how silky smooth and fine polished his voice is? Um, it's classic naval aviator. We absolutely can. <laughs> a, yeah, classic naval aviator. Um, B, Brian Casey is easily the most handsome guest we've had on this show. God bless that hair. That hair screams Navy Seal. If I had to guess, I mean, there's not quite enough gel in it. Right, I'm taking my headphones for Navy off. Seal <laughs> level. How many, how many pairs of Ray-Ban aviators do you own? The gold ray. Dude, I. All that stuff is dumb. Like, I, I gave it away. When I was in flight school, I had a buddy visit me, and I gave, they, they do give you really nice aviators. Like, I gave them away. Yes, I've got one pair of, of sunglasses, and I've got my, my Casio watch I normally wear. Like, I, I don't know. The one thing I'll say about uh, aviation, and it makes me proud, um, we all get lumped in together. And I'm like, you know, being a marine aviator means, like, the, it's not all about you. It's actually, it's all about, the Marines on the ground. If you meet a Navy pilot, Air Force pilot, like the world does revolve around them. The, the unit revolves around them. Um, but for us, like we're very proud about being support. And that's the, it's a, it instills like a humble mentality. And uh, I, and I'm, I'm proud to be support. Fantastic segue. Cause that's exactly what I wanted to talk about with this group today. Cause chase what uh, three, four months ago, maybe five, you had a vision um, of bringing together our community, the veteran community, um, here in Wilmington to support one another. Um, and tell, like, w- just give the, the, sto- the origin story of why you thought that needed to happen here locally. Yeah, I, you know, I've participated in a lot of local networking groups and uh, been involved with a lot of VSOs over the years. And I just felt like as a veteran business owner, there had to be more people like me in the community that I didn't know about and uh, I couldn't find them and that kind of bothered me. I felt like we should have a more close-knit veteran community outside the service where we all can support each other and in many different ways 
And I just, I didn't see that. I couldn't find an organization that was doing it. I couldn't find a meeting to go to that did it. And so apparently there was a gap that needed to be filled. Well, there's plenty of groups that claim to do that, right? Well, there's, there's some very specialized uh, groups for very specific purposes. There's, uh, you know, groups that's focused on entrepreneurship, tech startup, providing, uh, you know, studio space and access to capital for very specific purposes. Uh, I couldn't find anything out there for a guy like me who's running a small business um, and is not doing a tech startup. I couldn't find other business owners that were veterans that were doing the same thing as me that I could you know, talk to and ask questions about and uh, you know, give them my business and, and just support in general. I couldn't find an ecosystem like that, especially with an in-person, uh, you know, hyper-local networking feel to it. There's a couple national-level uh, organizations out there, but because their, their reach is so broad and, and it lacks focus, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of value in it for most of the members. What, what have we what have we done? Um, maybe Ryan, from your perspective, because um, Veterans Business Collective, we went from zero in November to eleven at the first meeting to we just met yesterday and we had at least a dozen new faces and a ton of excitement and a ton of energy. And you participated in the same groups that Chase, Matt, and I have. What are you What do you think we're doing differently? I mean, this is like mining for oil right or drilling for oil and you go 10 feet down you already you hit it and that's an indicator that there's all of this potential right there underneath the surface that nobody else has captured no organization has touched yet but it's there and there's so much of it it's just right below the surface and chase identified it and yes the organizations that are out there either you know combat specific or they're uh they, they cater to a different demographic but our generation of Veterans, warfighters, uh, there's nothing out there. And so what Chase has done, what this organization has done, is tapped into this larger community and saying, look, whether you are transitioning out and you're looking at the scariest transition of your adult life or you're a veteran business owner going, you know, I, have, I provide a great service and my best clients happen to be veterans because they understand there's a level of professionalism and respect and attention to detail that we're, we're putting that out there and we're clarifying that message. And so people are, are coming because they're like, yes, we've waited this whole time. I mean, I know one of your guests, Rob Campbell, has said that. He said that the other night. He's like, you know, this is what we've been talking about for years, that there's just such an unmet need and, and we're going to finally be that umbrella that captures all of this potential and, and really harnesses it. I'll pose this question for for any one of you that wants to take it, because I hadn't had this thought until just now, is what makes what we're doing different in that we're not trying to limit it to one subsect of the military. Like, I look at this room. You got an aviator. You got a recon guy. You got a raider. You got somebody who is in mortuary affairs. The thing that ties us all together is we own small businesses. Is, is, is that the... Co- the thing that binds us all together is that we're small business owners and entrepreneurs, and that's why we've, we've managed to reach a level of success in a very short amount of time. Yeah, I think, I think it's multiple dynamics, and that's definitely one of them. Uh, entrepreneurship is, business ownership in general is extremely challenging. It's, it's one of the most challenging things I've done in my life. Uh, there's no manual for it, right? Every day you're, you're hooking and jabbing, trying to figure out how you're going to survive and, and, Make the next month's you know payroll 
uh, in a lot of cases. So uh, it's challenging, just like being in the military is challenging. The stakes are very high. So I think there's a shared, uh, you know, like motorcycle riders wave at each other because there's a shared risk, right? They're both out on the road unprotected and they have a sense of camaraderie over that. I think business owners have a sense of camaraderie over that same, that same shared, uh, you know, grind and work that, that they felt in the military. And then when you add veteran to it, you know, that's instant credibility within the community. You walk in the room, uh, if the room's full of veterans and you're a veteran, you're automatically accepted without even having to introduce yourself to anybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. We're going to explore this more on the other side. The theme of this episode, Matt Mylot, is getting stuff done. Stuff, okay? I'm looking at you because I don't want you to say the word that'll kick us, get us kicked off the air. Okay. So we're going to explore how this group has gotten a lot of stuff done in a very short amount of time. So don't go anywhere. We're going to take a real quick break. We'll be right back on Signal Fire Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another fun-filled episode of Signal Fire Radio. We have the man himself from Long Beach County, Long Beach City, excuse me, in Orange County, the narwhal from NorCal, Matt Mylot. Matt, are you well? I am well. Yeah. Um, correction, Long Beach is technically in L.A. County. Is it? Just across the line. Okay. Just across the line. And you know I'm not from there. You know I'm from the Bay Area. I know you are. The happy, gritty, bastion of liberal thought, <laughs> San Francisco <laughs> Bay Area. I love it, man. You're from Monterey. We know you are. I wish I was. Hey, uh, we have a correction to make to the official record. I, I misspoke out of turn. Ryan, do you want to correct my... I mean, yes, it's uh, Tilia Fiduciary Partners. Thank you, Rob. Yep. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry about that, buddy. And, and he's a soon-to-be. <laughs> Can we talk about this? Yeah. Um, now, it's clear. I mean, you were saying at the end of the last segment, um, you know, you were all entrepreneurs, businessmen. You've all ground and created something. Like, I am on the cusp of that. Um, I'm approaching three and a half years with, um, you know, this firm, a company that I'd, I selected out of a dozen that I'd called up cold and said, you know, what do you do? What's your mission? How do you operate? And getting a sense of their culture. Um, but because of the qualities that were instilled in me from, from the military, um, I'll be, um, I've been offered partnership and we'll solidify that later this summer. So Huge. Soon to be partner. Huge, dude. That's, that's awesome and a true testament to how hard you've worked. Um, and you're still you're still in the reserves, right? You're still flying. Yes. There's a lot of people that listen to this show that would like to know exactly how you pulled that off. The reserves is one of the best kept secrets. Uh, when I went back to my old unit um, and and would augment and instruct, I remember the commanding officer pulled me aside, and being like, "Hey, man, you can be here, and we're very happy for your support. But if you recruit one of my guys, I will kill you." Recruit <laughs> now. Well, basically pull some of his people and be like, look, you can, if you are, you know, as a reservist, it's, it's the two weeks, or excuse me, the, yeah, two weeks a year, one weekend a month. Eh, same thing as like what you see for like the National Guard. You affiliate with a different unit. Um, you keep some of your benefits in the process. And so you can still run a 20-year career or, or longer if you'd like. Just uh, stick into that tempo. And in doing so, you go out into the community, you still represent the Marine Corps and about 
you know, 5% of your time, you're, you put on your, your uniform, you go back and, and drill and serve, and, and you're the uh, breaking case of emergency for the country. So one thing that I want to say, because I have a lot of friends that have gone through reserves. Rob, you're in the reserves. You're not going to just carry a pack, go on a hump, do a land nav package. I mean, you're not doing, all right, we're going to go through this whole logistical, you know, whatever. He gets to go. He, he's a baller on the civilian side, you know, straight up. Best, jo- Jordan, best, Jordan Belfort. The best know? dressed man in all of Wilmington. Yeah. We're going to freaking Monaco, you know. <laughs> but then he goes and trains once a month and he gets to be a flyboy. And I understand you probably aren't doing a hop every day, you know, when you're on your, your one week in a month. But still, the sex appeal and just the coolness from being, you know, an adventurous person and having experienced the, the cool aspects of being in the military, that's really rad that you can, like, the two parallels can coexist and you get to have, you know, have your cake and eat it too, basically. You know, I wish I had done it more like you because after my last deployment, no, wait, I, I, did, I did the last little bit in the reserves and I went to school and I, ma- I totally mailed it in. Like, if I had been... You know, Ryan, what I think I respect about a lot about you is that I dude, when when I first met you, I knew that you were a Marine. I didn't know that you were still, you know, an actively drilling reservist. Um, I would really have to unpack that you still have any Marininess left in you because you've you've the, the professional, you know, financial planner has sort of taken over. Brian Casey's taken over. Like, how are you managing that? How did you do that? Because I think that's a prescription pad for a lot of people that might want to be like, okay, I'm not quite ready to get out yet. I'm not quite ready to get off active duty, but I need to start. I need to start getting towards what I feel like is going to be my next step. You've managed to do both. I mean, it. It. You guys like to ask people, your guests. I've listened a few. I mean, I've I've got it all queued up. Um, and there's a common question, right? What's your why, your meaning, um, which is pretty cool, right? And so that question kind of is, you know, my own journey to the Marine Corps was uh, long and winding and, and full of questions like why. Um, so, I, I, you know, I've, I'm a biochemist by training. I don't have any, like, that's what my degree's in. Um, I work for a bank uh, then doing healthcare research. I just did enough. I just sort of was interested enough that they're like, sure, we'll hire you and we'll train you to do this stuff. Um, I spent some time in the AmeriCorps, which is like the Peace Corps, but domestic. Uh, there's all sorts of programs that you, most people have never heard of, but it exists. And then, and then I joined the Marine Corps. Uh, and so it's the, you know, the, my why is a, is a quest for meaning. Um, and, you know, more directly answer your question, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people, you get to kind of revert back, okay, you know, once you leave the box that the Marine Corps or the military puts you in, you're free to expand out a little bit more. So you have to be stern. We have a serious mission. It's a very serious mission. Everything revolves around death, if you think about it. And, and then you get to step away from that and say, all right, you know, I'm, I'm, I can do something else. Uh, the culture is different. You know, it, it's counterproductive to be, act like you're in the military. Out, You guys know that. And, and I think that anybody can relate to that. Dude, I've told this story a couple times. Like when, when, when I was in the reserves, 
and I was going to school. I was working at grocery stores, and I was the biggest ass ever, ever. Um, <laughs> actually, Chase, this might be a fun story for you, because um, because uh, you you told me the other day you weren't always the coolest dude when you were in the Marines, but now, actually, Jen and I we sat in bed the other night um, after after uh, Vet Business Collective. And we were like, dude, Chase is just like such an even keeled, level headed dude. Ryan, I think the same thing about you, Matt, you as well. But mm. but when I was doing the reserve thing, like nobody wanted to work with me at the grocery stores because I was not a cool person. Um and and I didn't find out how to be, you know, the easy hippie until maybe even just a year, year and a half ago. Um, that's something that people struggle with. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was a culture shock, you know, going from one environment to another where uh, people operate in a completely different manner. I remember one of my biggest frustrations when I first went into business, uh, you know, out in the civilian world from, from being a Marine was responsiveness. You know, somebody says, hey, I'm going to, I'll send you that in an email. Like, somebody tells me that when I'm a Marine, I kind of expect that I could walk back to my office. Yeah, you're looking at your phone now. And already have it, right? Like, it's already there. Or, worst case scenario, I'm going to have an email that says, hey, I know I said he'd send to this. Uh, it'll be there COB today or tomorrow. Civilian world, like a week would go by, I'd hear nothing from this guy. You know, I'd, I'd call him like, hey, you said you are going to send me this email. Yeah, I will. Relax. Like, like I'm all, you know, high strung about it and everything and it. It took a lot to just calm down and realize that things move at a slower pace. It's okay to take a week or two weeks, you know, to make something happen. Because uh, we're used to just moving a million miles an hour constantly. And, you know, that's good, but not everybody else is willing to move at that pace with you. And, and that can cause for some frustration, I think. So what with, with what we're doing now as a, as a group, as a collective... Um and as business owners and professionals in this community, obviously not everybody that we work with is a, is a veteran. Um, how have you, Chase, in your personal journey, kind of brought those two things together, where you don't have to, we don't have to be all the way up here all the time in terms of responsiveness and urgency and ex expectations from the people that you're working with that don't share the same thing? Yeah, I think it's just managing my own expectations of others, right? Um, I still expect the same thing out of myself, so I'll still move at whatever speed I think is necessary. I just don't expect others to keep up with me. You know, I got to give them their space to move at their own speed. Uh, I think that's just a huge part of it is just managing your expectations of what other people can do and what they're willing to do. What do you think about that, Ryan? I completely agree. You've got, you've got such a look at that look. That's just so much it's turning. Look, look a longing. I know. I'm giving. <laughs> It's a knowing smile look, all right? It looks very similar. It's a dreamy. A knowing dream, smile. Dreaming is when Ryan's, I, Ryan's the smartest one in the group. When I was leaving, you know, I, when I went through the, you know, you get your final out processing, have your physical. I remember the doc being like, hey, just by the way, like off, very offhanded, like you are, you seem really high strung. <laughs> and if you do not learn to like unwind and relax, you are going to, in his terms, he's like, you're going to rewire your brain to always be in a, in a high tempo. It's exactly what Chase is describing. If you say, it's, a, it's almost like a literal deadline, right? And then you can't, but you can't take that out in the community. Be like, All right, like when somebody says they're going to get back to you, and your mind, like, Marika, oh, that's, that's like 
close a business today, you're clearly going back and, and crunching this. And that's, that's not <laughs> no, at all. It's not it. It so, could mean July. <laughs> I, I'm smiling because I still, I'm still grappling with that. Like, all right, like, I literally have to like send in like a calendar piece. Be like, nope, don't even, do not even look at this for two weeks. It's not a problem until two weeks from now. Yeah, and that's something that I currently struggle with and it's come up just in the last week at work with my job at the university. Um, working with some really cool executive coaches and obviously we're virtual, so this is all through Zoom. But the Marine Corps ingrained in me, and this was totally subconscious, stay moving and stay like, like you're thinking about something. So always have this like social posture about like, if anybody's watching you, you're focused on a mission. Well, it's come to bite me in the butt because when I was a cop, but then now in the business world, I have people like ask me all the time, but like I'm sitting there listening and they're, they say like, dude, is everything all right? You look sub, pissed off sub with your face, bro. Yeah. I mean, you look really like, <laughs> like char and I, I'm trying to look completely non-emotional, but, um, but I, I learned that and I developed that as a practice from the Marine Corps to just have this look of like zero emotion, basically. Yeah, it's called bearing. Yeah. They spent 12 weeks beating it in your head during boot camp. Okay, well. Not it, react to anything ever, right? It took another year, <laughs> year and a half before I really got it, like <laughs> pissing off gunnies and just getting screamed at and had to run. But it's something that I struggle with now because in the business world and on the community side, it negatively affects the engagements that I'm having with people that don't really know me because they're questioning, like, is everything all right? Like, I feel like you're pissed off or you there, don't get it. There is some um, uh, weird, I, I'm going to call it weird, uh, survey statistics that were done out there where the general population, Matt, to your point, the general population, not military veterans, um, there was surveys that were done about veterans in the workplace and what people's perception of them were. And 50% of them said, we think they're a hero. The other 50% of them were worried that they were going to shoot up the place. And, and this is on the VA website. Um, and I wonder if it's 50% of your coworkers because you just have that rage face all the time. I think it's a combination of both. <laughs> so you guys want to hear something funny that yeah. I, I learned last night at our, uh, our VBC meeting. One of our non-veteran uh, non members was under the impression for the last three months uh, that I had, I guess, basically zero respect uh, for that person because of what Matt just described, because of my just deadpan demeanor most of the time. And, and it, it's not. I'm a, like, I have, oh, Chase, it's not just I have deadpan. a big heart. I'm a, I'm a teddy bear, <laughs> right? But I don't come across like that all the time. I, I, I communicate very straightforward. And, uh, I mean, that's how you communicate in the military, straightforward to the point. Whatever has to be done gets done, and, and then you move on. And it was shocking to me to hear that here I am seven years later, and I still have people walking away having completely misread who I am. I will say, I guarantee I know who you're talking about. And I will say that when that was expressed to me through that person, I was like, I know what you mean, but hold <laughs> out. Because when I first met you, I mean, we, we have, like, we met couple of years ago just through like business networking events and i remember like i felt like i was developing a synergy just in three minutes of conversation and then we'd break contact and then six months later we'd run back into each other and i was like 
Oh, I don't know if this guy likes me. Do you like me? <laughs> Check yes, no, maybe. Yeah, and, and I have to have people like me or else I'm, I'm not a happy human being. But then as I've gotten to know you and, and, and really start understanding, you know, your background and who you are now, it makes sense. And um, so, yeah, that person, I, I understand where they're coming from, but it's, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing at the same time. Yeah. It's the, the bearing. Yeah, it's a Marine Corps bearing. So, Chase, that's what I thought of you the first time. Even an hour ago when you and I were talking in the other room, um, when, when you go into receive mode, you get, you get real serious, and you're actually clenching your jaw. And it looks, you look like you're about <laughs> to deck me. I'm like, how, how did like, this hey, shift into a psychoanalysis? Yeah. Like <laughs> Subconsciously, he wants to hit me, but he's not going to. Because we're about to go live. But I feel like I need to give everybody a hug right now. Yeah, this is, this is an intervention, Chase. This is all a, a, a well-crafted uh, way to get you in here so we could psychoanalyze you. I wonder, you know, Chase, you talked about expectation management um, and urgency and things like that. I wonder, is that the reason that we all do business very well with each other? Yeah, I think, uh, I think we all know what we can expect from one another. There's, there's a level of... Uh, professionalism and responsiveness that is it's assumed uh, and then it's backed up every time we interact with one another and we ask for something and it's delivered uh, and I, I think that's yeah that, that creates a group that functions well so Ryan then the, the pivot question to you then is is that what makes us special we're not saying pivot oh sorry I forgot buddy um, dang it Matt is that what makes us special to the world at large? Is that, you know, you and I, you, you bought a house recently. And That's right. I won your business because I was the first to respond and be thorough. And you've told that story, and I don't want this to turn into an endorsement of me. The question is, <clears throat> is that what makes us special to everybody else? Is that we hold each other to that much higher expectation, and we deliver that same expectation to everybody else that might not? I mean, the community can have uh, two different impressions, right, of the veteran community. You guys were just talking about that. And it can be a very positive one, all right, responsive, professional, detail-oriented, on the ball, and, uh, maybe, maybe not you know, humorless, perhaps, but they're going to get it done. They're going to do it right, and that's, that's a quality I, I immediately respect and respond to. That's the kind of person I want to have write my insurance or clean my house. I've used, you know, both of you guys won that business uh, competitively. I mean, Rob, your particular case, you got a late start. I gave it to you know, an opportunity to a, another agent, somebody I've been writing my business for a long time. And uh, when I told him I was leaving, he said, you know, what, why are you leaving? I, you know, is this, this other, the State Farm offering a, a lower rate? And I'm like, the rate's actually a little bit more, but uh, he's giving me more coverage, but that's really, it's not the cost. Yeah, he was, and speaking about you, Rob walked me through it. He was hyper-responsive. He actually put some thought in. And I am, I literally said, I'm like, I'm just paying to have somebody in the loop, right? I know that when I brought in Sano Steam to clean the carpets and clean the furniture, that if there was a problem, that Chase would ultimately make it right. And that's, that's, that's it. It's not, I didn't say the lowest cost. I said, ultimately, there's a responsive, there's a responsibility at the end of the day that if things go sideways, they'll fiduciary. make it right. The fiduciary piece. Yes, right. right. Yeah, I mean, that's. A lot of, at the end, of the, yeah, we're, we're, I mean, I own it. We're accountable. Uh, it's like, that's my key value add. Like, I think, hey, we, you can, I don't get to blame somebody else. This is on me, and I own it. I think you've made a great point. I think there's been two points that are, are 
valid uh, when you're talking about veterans moving into the civilian world. And, and there's one of them is that there's a lot of positives that a veteran can bring to an organization or to the business world, the responsiveness, the discipline, uh, the, the work ethic, uh, the responsibility. Uh, but then we touched on, on some of the, the things that can hold them back as well, right? The, uh, the lack of emotional response, the lack of uh, their humor maybe not fitting in well with the organization. You know, so I think, I think part of what the, the VBC is, is going to be able to do is community outreach and help, help the local community understand the benefits of working with veterans and how to uh, navigate some of those issues that you know, they bring with them from their time in the service as well. I think there's value in that. Do you think those two things, Chase, that you just mentioned, um, and you know, we've shared the statistics ad nauseum on here about how when, when <clears throat> transitioning military members go into corporate um, they leave within the first two years, and 67% of them will express overall job dissatisfaction. Is it because the culture of XYZ company, and it really doesn't matter who it is, corporate is corporate, is it because they don't move at that speed and, and you know, coworkers don't have the same expectations as veterans? And is that, is that the reason why? Did we, did we stumble on something? Well, I think that's, that's, there's multiple answers to, to that question. That's, a, that's definitely a multifaceted question that, that can't be simply answered. Um, but I would say that I do agree that you know, culture definitely has a huge, huge play in it. Um, but also I think that you don't really know what you want when you leave active duty. It's very hard. Like I'm 38 years old. I'm still trying to figure out who I want to be when I grow up. You know, I've, I've started six well now we're on to seven or eight businesses at this point right and they're all very different i've got a cybersecurity company i've got a carpet cleaning company i've got a construction company i've got things all over the place obviously i lack a little bit of focus and i think when you go straight from active duty your immediate need is paycheck and healthcare, right and people will jump at whatever meets those needs immediately and then get in there and find out they hate it and I think culture contributes to it, but I think it's also just you know the type of work they end up in. I think we're falling into something that we need to explore on the other end of this upcoming break because um, if that's if that's the status quo, that's the you know prevailing thinking um, is that paycheck and healthcare are the two most important things. Small business can't offer that, but what we found in this group is that we feel the most fulfilled through small business and through entrepreneurship because. <clears throat> We can deliver on our own expectations. We can be the one who is fast and responsive. And yeah, maybe you'll pay a little bit more, but you know what you're going to get from it's a known quantity. Um, so I think we're going to pause right there, even though I'm extremely excited to ask more questions about it. We're going to take a really quick break. On the back end, we're going to explore this in a little bit more detail. Is small business, is entrepreneurship the answer to that angsty question of why are most veterans leaving their job after two years? Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on Signal Fire Radio. Welcome back to Signal Fire Radio, ladies and gentlemen. We let that go a little bit longer than usual because Matt was having so much fun dancing in the studio to his favorite song of all time, M83 by Midnight City. Say it again? No, it's Midnight City by M83. Oh, it is? What did I say? You said M83 by Midnight City. That's oh. okay. Sorry. Yeah, I'm just excited I finally got to see that after hearing about it. Yeah. You talk about Matt doing his fingers thing. 
Oh, oh yeah. The <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Matt has so many beautiful hand movements throughout the duration of the show. It's just absolutely. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> it is absolutely beautiful. So um, I think we we as we came into the break, we talked about how small business ownership and entrepreneurship might be in answer to some of the the troubles. <clears throat> now, Chase, when you were getting out of the military, uh, you've told me this before, you and your wife, you did some exploring about what you wanted to do next, and small business ownership looked like an answer. Is that, am I, am I categorizing that correct? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you only have so many ways you can make a living, right? You can, you can have a job and you can sell time for money. Uh, you can be an investor, right? But you have to have something to invest. Uh, you can be self-employed, uh, which is what a lot of you know, small business owners are. They don't realize it, but they're self-employed. And I guess what I mean by that is if you don't work, you don't make money. You, know, you don't have anybody else out there working for you. Or you can be a business owner, which means if you're not there, you know, your business still makes money for you. And, and business ownership was the most attractive because uh, you're, you're not limited in earning potential with business ownership like you are as an employee. Ryan, is that the same way you thought about it? Absolutely. That knowing smile. Look at him. I mean, it's, it goes back to the whole quest for meaning piece. Uh, you know, when you ask somebody their why, what you're really saying is, what's your meaning? What's your meaning in life? What drives you? And if you're successful, if you, or I think if you're fortunate is a better term, you, are, you do end up doing something that's, you know, whether you're self-employed, you're a, you know, in a W-2 employee, uh, you're out there with a side hustle, whatever that is, it's, an, it's a perfect alignment, a holy trinity of something you're good at, something that you're interested in, and then if you're real lucky, that falls under an umbrella of a mission that ties in with something that you're like, this is good, this does good for the world. People that are really, like, successful, they say, you know, I'm making the world better by doing this, and if you're very fortunate, you get to have something that kind of ties all of that together. And so, yeah, whether you branch out as an entrepreneur, which I have, I have the utmost respect for entrepreneurs, or you W-2 and you end up finding, hey, Amazon is the, the path for me. It, it provides my family and I like what they do and, and I'm, this is it. I like their mission. I'm good at this. You know, it doesn't, that part's kind of irrelevant. It's just capturing that. Now, you found that. Was that intentional or... Oh, yeah, very much so. I mean, I, every path I've taken, every sort of, it's like trial and error, right? So Chase is talking about, and I, yeah, I've got these different iterations. I try a business, there's an opportunity, and, and maybe uh, the opportunity isn't there, or my skills aren't aligned, or my interest is not, or I don't like, wh whatever, right? Those, every, but every time you fail, you get closer to ultimate state of success and ultimate state of flow, and so, yeah, I wasn't cut out to be a researcher in a lab and wearing a suit and working downtown Boston and being like, yeah, I work for an investment bank. But it sounds cool. Totally not. I was in the nerd division. It wasn't fulfilling at all. I'm like, I'm, I remember thinking a monkey could do my job. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to do something idealistic. I'm going to join the AmeriCorps, people that are really... And you find out the nonprofit sector is, is different than you might what, what you might imagine. It's filled with good people, but it's a, it is an uphill battle. And then the Marines is the, or the military, right? Same sort of thing. Mission-driven organization, strong organization, and we're going to find something you can be good at. Uh, so what I, you know, the whole financial planning piece is just, 
helping people achieve their why, achieve their meaning. And all I'm doing is making the most efficient use of their resources, their money effectively, so they can enjoy their most valuable resource, which is their time. You, you said something, Ryan, just now that uh, resonated really well with me. It was uh, you know, taking action helps you determine what you want, right? Like you have to fail uh, and not just fail like financially, but fail in finding something you enjoy too. You know, I've found, all, I found and checked off lots of things that I know I don't like. I may not have found my dream gig yet, but I know what I don't like. I know lots of things I don't like. I think that's one thing the military gives you is that, that ability to just take action. You know, empty the magazine. That's the immediate action plan. If you don't know anything else, you don't know what else to do, recon by fire, and something will happen, right? Just take action and uh, not sit around and wait for something to come to you because it's not. That's right, 80% solution. You think about it, plan, but if you just sit there and you stare at the risks or the pitfalls, you, know, you, won't, ever, you won't ever do it. And you're like, oh, this, I don't like this, but I'm staying with it. As opposed to saying, you know what, I'm going to pack, you know, close down shop, take my good lessons learned, and I'm going to start again, and I'm going to get closer to, the, to where I really need to be. So, Chase, Ryan touched on something, and it's the importance of economic stability. Um, and between the four of us and Tim, we've done a lot of work at, like, crafting the, the vision and the mission of the Veterans Business Collective. And one of the three principal tenets to that is economic success and security. Yeah, absolutely. Why is that an important piece to what we're trying to do? And what are those other components that you think, and we all are in agreement, make up a good life on the back end? Economic stability and success is the underpinning of, of everything else in life that's good, right? You can't do anything without money, period. You can't take your kid to the doctor. You can't buy groceries. You can't live in decent housing. You can't do anything without economic success and stability. And uh, you know, that's guaranteed when you're in the military. It comes in every two weeks, and the health insurance is taken care of. So it's not a stress that you have when you're in the military, but when you leave the military, that's a whole new dynamic that you, that you don't have guaranteed anymore. Uh, you know, we're talking about entrepreneurship. That is not a place that you're going to find a lot of stability, right? Like there's a lot of highs and lows and ups and downs and, and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, I think if we can, we can create a platform that, enables economic success for veterans, whether that be, you know, with proper job placement and uh, helping them with their business and grow their business. Uh, I think that will solve a lot of other problems uh, that, that pop up. Ryan, you were, you were holding your hand and I felt like I was not going to say anything. Because no, I didn't want to, I don't want to disrupt Chase, but I couldn't remember it the other day. I was trying to remember. Oh, what was that? What was that saying? It was really. Oh, the Kanye West. The one. Kanye West. He, <laughs> oh, he took my thunder. It was having money is not everything, but not having it is, right? You need some level of economic security to achieve self-actualization, uh, but the endless pursuit of just money for the sake of having money is empty and soulless and ultimately dissatisfying. Yes, and so I just want to, just in a way of saying it, I couldn't remember it the other day. There it is. You heard it here first, first folks. <laughs> Ryan Casey is endorsing Kanye West for president. A poet philosopher, there we go. Uh, Chase, we got about like two or three minutes left. Give us real quick um, the other two principal tenants that, that we've kind of all come into agreement in um, the mission and vision of the Veterans Business Collective and really just what we're all about. Yeah, I think there are three things in the military that uh, you know, 
allowed us to be successful and, and, and made it what it was. And I, I think if we can recreate those three things outside, uh, we've got a good chance of doing a lot of, uh, a lot of good for the veteran community. And one of those is having a sense of purpose and meaning in what you do. Uh, we touched on that earlier in the show. When, when you wake up every day in uniform, you're ser- you know what you're doing. You're serving a cause that's way bigger than yourself, bigger than you could ever be as an individual. So even if the pay is low, you're okay with it because you have a why for what you're doing every single day. Uh, the second aspect of that is having a tribe that you feel appreciated and accepted by and understood by. Uh, that's huge. You know, we talked about earlier, if you're in a room, if you got a room full of veterans and another veteran walks in, it's instant acceptance. There's no clickiness. They just get you. You, know, you belong. And then the third we just talked about, you know, economic uh, success. Chase, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, where should they go? Uh, they should give me a call or email me or email Ryan Casey, who is our membership director. Yeah. Yeah. You can email me at C-H-A-Y-S-E at sanosteam.com. Uh, and our website is actually up now, too, so you can get in touch with us through uh, veteranbusinesscollective.org. Veteransbusinesscollective.org. Ryan Casey, how do they get in touch with you? Ryan at tiliapartners.com. Uh, R-Y-A-N at T-I-L-I-A partners.com. Tilly is such a fun, whimsical word to say. It is. I, walk, we, I, walk, I, I always want to say trillia. I do too. But I've I think that's because of Jenna's business. I, that's it's tri- trillium, that's right? Trinity. Trinity, right. yeah. Yeah. I've heard tilapia. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, hey, I man, are you the guy from tilapia? And then, and then I give them that very serious face. Like, I don't find this funny at all. Until <laughs> they're like, oh, all right, you're not cool, man. I, I get it. <laughs> Again, uh, like like Chase's business face, give, all business, give him, all business, your marine yep. face, yeah. marine face. <laughs> yep, um, <laughs> staring out a thousand yards. Uh, guys, I hope we can do this again. The four of us. This was very fun. Maybe we'll add Evan into the mix. I don't know. What do you think, Matt? Possibly. Maybe. Depends on how much weight he's carrying that yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for us here on Signal Fire Radio. Matthew, any final parting thoughts that you have right now? All I want to say is the synergy and the joy that I feel right now with the four of us is incredible. I feel like the insight that Ryan and Chase had was, um, it was just super rad and something that somebody can put into action right away. But at the end of the day, we want everybody that's listening to go out, talk to a friend, be a part of the signal fire in your community. Listen to signal fire radio and Get good vibes for all the cool tunes that we play in between segments. <laughs> we do have some good tunes, don't we? We do. We do. Um, yep, that's going to do it for us here on Signal Fire Radio. Get in touch. If you're in North Carolina, um, you should get in touch with us regarding the Veterans Business Collective. Uh, we're doing a lot of great work. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast. Like it, rate it, and review it. It's not because it gives us a overinflated self of self sense of self-importance. It's because somebody might hear this message at the exact right time that they need to. Until next time, my name is Rob Renz. I am your host on Signal Fire Radio. My bestest buds, Matt Mylot and Evan the Muscle Hamster, who is not present with us today, but that's okay. We'll see him next week. And to our two phenomenal guests, Chase Roth, owner of Santa Steam Cleaning and Disaster Remediation. And and Ryan Casey, I'm not even going to try and do it this time. We'll see you guys next week on Signal Fire Radio. Until then, go be a Signal Fire in your community.